Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey Southwest Live for February 21st, 2021. Tonight's scheduled guest, Air Force coach Frank Saratori. Behind the Mask's College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by Verizon Wireless. Oops. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey Southwest Live for February 28th, 2021. Tonight's scheduled guest, Alex Heiner of Midco Sportsnet. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by Verizon Wireless. Experience Verizon's 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business. Verizon Wireless 5G built right. By Bell Ford. See our award-winning dealership at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or go to bellford.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv and watch the best in college hockey all season long. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com and gear up for this season on ice or in line. Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. 12 Valley locations, two in California. Your home for sports, craft beers, and made-to-order burgers. Roger Klein's Canción Tequila. For the best margaritas and more, go to MexicanMoonshine.com to see how to get your bottle today. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey under the bright lights of Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, stop in and pick up any of our award-winning sauces on your way home at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Caesars Entertainment Resorts, anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort. In the center of the action, Burrito Express, the East Valley's home of the always available breakfast burrito. Go to burritoexpress.com for the location near you. And by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe, ASU alumni owned and operated. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask as a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy. And Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, college hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live tonight on the Podbean app. Uh, Scott Strandy joining you now from Scottsdale, Arizona. (laughs) Oh, shush. (laughs) Technology. Uh, Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, the 21st floor of Bally's Hotel. Behind me, the big high roller is lit up, and Vegas is coming back to life, folks. So, uh uh, glad to be here. My last night here for the week and uh, be heading back to Arizona tomorrow and then making the rounds, hopefully, on the uh, northern trek. So, Paul Hornstein, my co-host, is always joining me from a beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you? Uh, we're doing okay. It was raining today instead of snowing, so that was good. Oh. Got rid of a lot of whatever we, maybe, we left around. So We turned good. the corner, maybe. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Is that is that um, something we can say with March 1st on the calendar tomorrow? I don't know. <laughs> you do never know. No. <laughs> I I know from we the got, Midwest. We had we'll, we'll ask one, Alex about that. <laughs> yeah, one year about one year about I guess it was about ten years ago. We got snow on Halloween. We got about twelve inches. Nice. And the 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 entire rest of the winter was my favorite winter. 
because we never got <laughs> lower than like 42 degrees for the entire one. It was great. <laughs> I love it. Well, folks, this is our live NCAA college show, College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by our good friends at Behind the Mask. And as we always do, we it's our reaction show. We react to what's happening uh, the past week. I can't say weekend because games have been played all during the week. Um, so we're going to react to that. We're also going to have a very special guest, a guy that Paul and I have been hoping to get on for a long time uh, since the pod, actually, back in uh, Omaha in December. Alex Heinert from uh, Midco Sports Network and the voice of the University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Uh-huh. And, they don't uh, say that a lot on the broadcasts, by the way. Yeah, I, I know. We'll, we'll ask him about that because <laughs> he, he'll love to talk about that. But oh, I'm sure he would. It, it's sure always going to be the fighting suit we don't, of me. We, we, we don't, it's not like I don't have a bunch of other things to ask. Yeah. But that, <laughs> well, he, maybe that's he's inside just baseball go, stuff. He, yeah, he's probably just going to back out and go, ah, I'm on that. Leave these guys out in the desert all by themselves. You deal with these <laughs> whack jobs. I right, listen. I assume you're getting them on tonight because you finally you you kidnapped them and locked them in the room somewhere. So yeah, I got them next door here, Bally's. So <laughs> okay, so that's how we get most of our guests. Yeah, actually, that's uh, yeah okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, we'll talk uh, to Alex here in about oh, we're looking at maybe ten minutes or so. And uh, in the meantime, Paul and I are going to tell you what happened uh, on the uh, the weekend, if you will, the week, if you will. Um, Paul, let me tell you first, when, when I turned on my um, tablet yesterday and I realized that I had all of our teams, college and professional teams, in our coverage area playing games with the exception of Air Force, I shuddered. <laughs> I was going like, how am I going to do Air Force ever with plays. all this? I don't know yeah. if Air Force ever plays. Yeah, I don't know either, but they played 13 times. So yeah. that, that's all that's important. So anyway, as as I was doing that yesterday, I was going like, holy cow, I've got all of these teams to keep an eye on. I hope Paul's doing something because uh, I was parked uh, no. at the Orleans Arena watching the Silver Knights. And then on uh, in the third period of the Silver Knights and uh, San Diego game, I flipped on the Big Ten that's the Plus. the San Diego Gulls, by the way, just so you know. What I say? You just said San Diego. I'm just. Oh, okay. Going, San Diego oh, you didn't Gulls. get it wrong. I'm just adding to it. Okay. That's all. Okay. No problem. San Diego Gulls. And I uh, jumped on the, the uh, third period of that game. I put the first period of ASU on and then mm-hmm. uh, rolled that over into uh, Arizona Coyotes versus the Colorado Avalanche. And then followed that up with a little bit of uh, Tucson Roadrunners at the Colorado Eagles. And then followed that up listening on the radio to the Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks. So that's how I spent my day yesterday, Ball. How about you? I just wing this every week. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You actually watch games. Uh, I just wing it. BS. I just every, wing it. Anybody that knows you knows that you watch probably every minute of everything you can. Uh, okay. So Arizona State battled at Michigan. And uh, yeah. we'll have to do this quickly, just do our quick summary. So we'll okay. do that. Uh, Arizona State battled Michigan. Um First game, not so great. Second well, game, you know, the, much the, the first game, the first game, they were they didn't play that well in the first period, and you know, they just they, they just they just had a couple of I shouldn't say they didn't play well in the first, but they played they played relatively even, and they just had like a two minute breakdown, and you know against teams like Michigan, you can't, <sighs> can't do, do it, can't do you that, can't do that, nope, you know, um, and then they were probably the better team for a majority of the second period. But 
you know, Matty Bernier's got his second goal for Michigan. Uh, well, you know, once again, that that one lapse. You know, like I said the team's just too good. You can't do that um, against teams like Michigan um, at all. I mean, you know, Cole Brady gave him a chance to win, as the coach said after the game, uh, like he's supposed to. And then, um, you know, they came back on on Saturday, and 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 you see why. First of all, that Brady is an NHL draft pick because it was probably his best game of the season. And it wasn't like he made insane save after insane save. He made a lot of really good saves. But you saw just his positioning, his confidence, his angles, the way he approached the puck. He was very aggressive um, playing the shooters. Um, you could just see that. I mean, that was probably his best game of, yeah, that, of that, the season. That was, and that was a la uh, Joey Decord style, I thought. I, I thought honestly, was, I just – well, it, without the puck handling, I guess. But uh, Yeah, yeah um, but that's the way Joey challenged shooters all the time as well. Yeah. But he did it day in and day out, so Cole's got a little ways to go to catch him. Yeah, and, you know, so we see this is kind of the Cole – this is the Cole Brady we all expected at the start of the season uh, before the mono. Yeah, well, that'll tend to do uh, damage to you when you're uh, a a trained athlete. And then then you had – You didn't – you know, we didn't – took us a while. And then once we figured it out, it was okay. But, you know, it took them really until – those exhibition games against the development team, and and he's been riding that hot streak ever since. Uh, and and last night against this team uh, was without question his best of the six that he's played in a row. Is it eight, six, whatever the heck it is? Um, and this is honestly the the, the 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 guy we expected, or at least I expected at the beginning of the season. Um. And, you know, he's taken this job and did what the coach asked any of the goalies to do at some point during the season. He's now taken this job and, and made it his net. He'll undoubtedly start the last two games at Ohio State and and go from there. Um, and that, you know, answers some of the questions going into next season. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, and that's a, a big question because uh, you need a solid goaltender. And, you know, if he comes in healthy next year and knock on wood, we have a full regular season the way you would hope that it would be. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. So we'll get back into Arizona State and talk a little bit about what's happening against Ohio State this coming week, uh, their last two regular season games. But uh, there was also another big series played this week, Paul. It was uh, the Gold Pan Series, and it was uh, determined and won outright by the Denver Pioneers on Saturday night with a 4 nothing shutout over their arch-rival Colorado College. Uh, just some of your thoughts on, on that series this week. Well, uh, you know, Colorado College in the first period of the Thursday night game, I thought was the better team uh, in the first period. But then they gave up a, a quick goal early in the second, kind of a fluky goal, and 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 gave up three goals in the first six minutes, six and a half minutes of the second period. It was over. 
you just saw as each puck went in the net uh, for Denver that it just they just took more and more control of the game as the second period went on. Um, and Colorado College was holding on for dear life at the end of the second. I just <laughs> oh, forget they about holding on. They were done. Yeah, they, the were <laughs> they, were yeah they were being dragged. They were being dragged. They weren't being held off. It was, and then, and then Saturday, last, Saturday yeah, last the game night, wasn't even. It wasn't no. even. A, well, that was Magnus Krona and, and our guest from a couple of weeks ago, um, Mr. Gutman, yeah, that, I mean, that took that one over. And, you know, I was thinking about his quote, Paul, to us uh, as I was seeing that one go down. And remember when he said, we asked him about the tournament time coming up, and he said, hey, the gold pan is our first opportunity to win a trophy he didn't say it was our opportunity or a opportunity said it's our first opportunity to win a trophy uh check that box because by the denver pioneers now have the gold pan retained Uh, they will keep it until next year and then the battle will begin again but there's still two more games for them to play against colorado college they will play thursday night well they need those magnus yeah they'll play thursday night at magnus and then they will play Saturday night back in the spring. So it's going to be interesting. I'm hoping to be there for uh, the Thursday night game in Denver. That's the plan, at least at this point. So we'll see you know, how I things mean, go. You, 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 you talk about that game, and uh, Colorado College gives up a killer goal at the end of the first period with, with, with 30 seconds left. And you're kind of still in the game. But then Denver puts it away because Colorado College went to the penalty box back-to-back. Um, and Denver got two power play goals in 30 seconds. Yeah. It took them, it took them 12 <laughs> seconds to get the first power play goal. And it took them nine seconds to get the second power play goal. And the game was over. Yep, Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, let's so. do this. Let's uh, let's take a quick uh, break, and let's come back, and uh, let's bring on our special guest from Midco Sports Network, Alex Heinert, in about three minutes. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. You think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. Who's old now? Thrilled to have you with us. 
teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, college hockey fans, anywhere that you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app. Scott Strandy joining you, not from my familiar home in Scottsdale, Arizona, but from the 21st floor of the Bally's Hotel in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, with the high roller behind me and all the excitement of Vegas going on. My co-host, Paul Hornstein, as always, joining me from beautiful Long Island, New York. And it's our pleasure tonight to introduce a guy that we've been trying to get after since, uh, what, December, the pod, uh, Alex Heinert from Midco Sports Network. Alex, Scott, and Paul with you. How are you? And welcome aboard. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thanks for being patient as we get this figured out. It was really funny. I don't know how many times we tried to make this work. And it took a couple of months, but here we go. No, that's okay. That's a, Listen, uh, that, uh, it, it, it worked out, and that's really all that matters. So, so Alex, we know how busy it is, uh, not only for hockey and COVID, but all the sports that you do. So before we even jump into talking uh, University of North Dakota hockey and NCHC hockey and NCAA hockey with you, tell us a little bit about what you do up there in the, uh, the Great White North. Yeah, um, I'm in my, my sixth season of, of being a part of Midco Sports Network's coverage of University of North Dakota Athletics. And so that means, yeah, not just UND hockey, but UND football, basketball, volleyball, softball, um, soccer every once in a while. And uh, with Midco SM, we're just a regional sports network that covers teams in, in North and South Dakota, a little bit into Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska. And so then I get to do uh, high school coverage sort of when UND is not in busy seasons. Uh, it's it's fun. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of play-by-play. I host a, a weekly show um, that covers UND hockey, and we do a, a lot of other random things as well um, for the network. But yeah, the, the main thing is doing whatever UND has going on uh, live on our airwaves, and it's been a ton of fun. I've really enjoyed it a lot. Well, I uh, reached out to you uh, when you were at the pod, and I thought, you know what? I want to find out about the pod, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. But uh, I have a couple of little housekeeping things I need to, to take apart with my co-host. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You just have to let Alex know we, we have points of view here. Um, <laughs> Scott, is, Scott is a Duluth grad, and I'm an ASU grad, so you just need to know – <laughs> where our points of view are coming from. That's all That's all I wanted to get uh, in okay, before we okay. get into the rest of it. Okay. <laughs> so, so, Alex, here, here's the uh, the little uh, rat's nest that you're involved in tonight. Mm. <laughs> we have talked college hockey as we do uh, from the Southwest perspective, which includes this year Denver, Colorado College, Air Force, and for the last five years, uh, Arizona State. Um so we, we're bouncing around and we speculate on different types of things and stuff. But the first thing I want to get off the, off the, uh, the board tonight is that my co-host just is absolutely absurd with announcers and the way they call uh, a start of a game and a game that's scoreless. So, um, Paul? Give, oh, give we didn't even want to, you don't want even to get into the hockey first? You want to get <laughs> no, into this no, first? No, no, this is where we're going to start. <laughs> okay. Uh, my entire life. It was no score, scoreless, nothing, nothing. Where the heck did this zero zero thing come from? 
Um, see, he doesn't well. know either. See, Alex doesn't know either <laughs> because he knows. So I guess I would start with I would start with by saying zero zero is not incorrect. I mean, there's there are two zeros on the scoreboard, so technically that that's yeah. not not wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, I would. I, so where does this stem from? Is someone is our? Am I saying zero zero? Are people saying no 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 no. No, curious. no, no. Not it's not you, Alex. It's not. Yeah. That's why I, I don't know why we started with this. Sure. Oh, I don't. That's why I don't know why we why we started with because, this. Because I, I wanted to clear this up from a professional play-by-play guy. I wanted to clear it up right from the get-go. Uh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to get into Shane Pinto and Colin Adams because they have <laughs> the Long Island connections, and you wanted to start with this. All right. Well, I wanted to clear it up, but okay, we cleared it up. We we don't know, but technically everybody's right, so let's just go from there. Okay, so Alex, you, uh, <laughs> you, you've seen a lot of NCHC hockey. As I look at the board right now, and hopefully this is correct, it's 53 points for North Dakota, and they've locked up the number one seed, and they will take on Miami in the first round of the Frozen Faceup, correct? Correct. That is correct, yes. Yes, that's okay. the only, that's the only first-round matchup that we know 100% right now with just a handful of games left. But yeah, UND's playing Miami in the 1-8, correct? Okay, so that's, yeah. uh, it's completely different this year, though, Alex, with the way they, they first of all, moved the frozen face off to your neck of the woods at at, uh, at uh, the Ralph Engelstead Arena, and that's the second point we're going to get on. I, I call it the Ralph. Uh, we had Cole Gutman on from Denver. He called it the Ralph. Uh, is it Ralph Engelstead Arena or the Ralph? Uh, both. I mean, you know, it's the same thing. Just like zero zero and a scoreless game, either work. The Ralph, the REA, Ralph Engelstad Arena, all correct. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I know this is probably not what you expected, Alex. Unless unless Scott told you this was coming, but I'm like, you forget that the guy's name is Ralph Engelstad. Everybody, there's a billion Ralphs. How many Ralph Engelstads are there? Well, just, just the one, I guess, to my knowledge. That's why <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's, that's the it. Ralph. It's the Ralph. You know, this is, yeah. Well, either way, again, <laughs> personal preference. All these are correct. Uh, okay, tell us a little bit about North Dakota hockey and what you've seen. Uh, as always, they just reload, restructure, redo, and then head forward, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're tremendous this year. Certainly this year and last year are were pretty special seasons back-to-back Penrose Cup titles for the team you know and this is coming after they had had a national championship in 2016 you know and that was preceded by so many Frozen Four appearances you know this this team was in the Frozen Four every year it seemed like and they finally got over the hump and won their eighth national title in 2016 you know they got bounced by Boston University in the first round of the NCAA tournament in 2017 and then didn't reach the NCAAs in 2018 or 2019 had had a kind of a back-to-back down years um, where they had just had so much talent that had left the program early, you know, that some guys they expected, um, like Brock Besser was there for two years. They didn't expect Brock probably to stick around much longer than that. But Tyson Jost left after his freshman year. They had some other guys, you know, Shane Gersich left a year early, Christian Milanen left a year early. And, you know, again, it's just tough to continuously do that and win, you know, 25, 27 games a year and be competing for a national championship. And, they, uh, th- this team really bounced back, though, and had a tremendous season last year. They won 80% of their games a year ago. They would have been the number one seed in the NCAA tournament had things not been called off in the middle of March last year. And, you know, where a lot of those guys could have gone on and played pro hockey, to a man, every single one of them came back who had the opportunity to. And, 
this team hit the ground running in the pod in Omaha and they battled through some adversity with guys getting banged up and losing some key guys to the world juniors. And, and they've been phenomenal. I mean, they're on a similar pace this year as they were last year. And there it's been such a pleasure to watch this team have this kind of success because they're good kids who work hard. The staff is tremendous. Brad Berry and Dane Jackson and Carl Gehring are all UND guys that just love the program and are in this business for the right reasons. It's been a ton of fun to see them have success and they have just been, They've been playing at a very, very high level, and uh, it's it's hard to see them losing. Really, they just have been tremendous this year again. Well, and they're they're so good that their goalie Adam Shield gets overlooked. He does, and he's he's a Richter finalist now, and he's he's uh, one of nine to be up for that award. But his his numbers this season are tremendous. It is easy to sort of say like, well, the team in front of him is unbelievable, and so you're not facing maybe the amount of grade A chances night in, night out. But he's had to make some some big-time saves for them in key moments. He's having a heck of a season. I mean, he's obviously going up against, you know, guys like Dryden McKay from Minnesota State and some others around the country that have put up unreal numbers, and Adam's numbers don't stack up in that sense. But he's got four shutouts this year. He's got a goals against around 1.9, and his save percentage is in the 930s, somewhere in there. I mean, he's he's having a tremendous junior season. He's a great, great goaltender. And, uh, and, doesn't, and doesn't get the buzz that he probably deserves. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, because there's no gimmies this year. You know, when you're playing all games against these teams, and even in a year where St. Cloud is probably outperforming what people expected them to, and Denver's down a little bit, it doesn't matter. You know, when you when you're when all you're facing is these there's there's no nights off. <laughs> no, no, there are not. I mean, it's traditionally in the last, I mean, whatever, since the league was founded, yeah. since the NCHC was founded, it's the best conference in the country. And it looks at four straight national championships and the way they've played out of conference. When you're just playing those teams, that's a tough road. And the fact that UND has done so well, and, and you mentioned Denver, who again, record-wise is down, but that's still a loaded Denver team. Yeah, there. sure. A ton of NHL talent. And they've played an Omaha team now six, oh, five, I guess five of six times here in the second half of the season who's a top 10 team that is, is much improved. And you're having to go through the St. Clouds and the Duluths of the world. It's a tough road to hoe. And they've just, again, 18-4-1. They've won that's 80% of their games yeah. again this year. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a really impressive thing that this team has been able to do this again against just this opponents or just, just this league um, with no easy ones, certainly week in, week out. Yeah, okay, because so I, I mean, even get... the teams that are struggling have really good goalies. I mean, uh, I mean, Vassie has had a really good year for Colorado College. Uh, we know Denver's goalies are really good. So, I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, even Pearson with Miami, who they're going to see you know, yeah. come up in the quarterfinals. Like these, these are guys that can steal games on any given yeah. night, and they've just not been able to do it, other than just a handful of occasions against North Dakota this season. So, Alex, I want to. We're going to get into the frozen uh, faceoff here in a minute, but I want you to take us back to uh, when you were first brought to the concept that Midco Sports Network was going to be involved in the pod in Omaha for basically the month of December. What, what were your first thoughts? And then tell us how it ended up and your thoughts when you were all done with it. Yeah, I think, I mean, first impressions, you know, we had heard rumbles about this in the late summer, early fall. The, uh, oh, geez, things are yelling at me over here. Um, but the, the, uh, the process of figuring out what it was going to be, you know, 40 games in three weeks was the initial concept. And then, you know, we lost a couple of games with Colorado College having a COVID issue and having to pare that down to 38 you know, we knew that that was a potential 
thing that we were going to get to be a part of. And our involvement ranged from, okay, maybe we'll just do the 10 UND games. Maybe we'll do, you know, 75% of the games. At that point, CBS was maybe going to come in and do games on the weekends. There were, there were so many different iterations of this. But I think the initial, when the initial concept was floated to me in the summer, I said, oh, that, that won't happen. <laughs> they won't, we're, they're not going to do that. It's just, just logistically, you know, the cost of putting everybody in hotels for three weeks, you know, having that many games in a short period of time, would the league go for that? Would the universities go for that? It just didn't seem like, you know, because I had heard from people when the NHL bubble was going on, you know, saying, oh, yeah, we'll never do that. Like, that's that's a cool thing for the NHL to do, not for college hockey. And it just kept building and growing. And, and you know, the feasibility of it became, you know, it got to the point where, oh, yeah, we could actually pull this off. And credit to Josh Fenton and the league and the teams, you know, and the University of Nebraska Omaha and the, and the UNO Medical Center for being able to make it happen. And the fact that we got to do all the games was unbelievable. And that was a kind of a, a separate point, just the undertaking of figuring out how to pull this off because we don't have an office in Omaha. Like our closest office is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is three hours up I-29. And so we were trying to piece it together while doing other events. You know, it's not, we, we don't have a huge network in it. A, a limitless <laughs> amount of resources or people to call upon. But we found local people in Omaha to step up and do the camera work and do some of the on-site audio. And, and you know, our engineers would come down and sort of rotate in week, week in, week out. And we had directors and producers and replay people based in from Grand Forks to Fargo to Sioux Falls. And it just it was so unique to sort of be doing a game where you know you had people spread out potentially over four different sites helping you pull this off. Um, with the with the miracle of technology, and it was it was tremendous. And yeah, at the end of the thing, when you look back on what we'd accomplished, um, from just a sense of pride, I think that the fact that we were able to bring these games to folks that love college hockey, to the parents and grandparents and siblings and you know cousins and people that just are so invested and care so much about the people who were playing in the games, the fact they could watch these you know, these contests take place, these high impact, high level, you know, big time college hockey games, wherever they were, wherever they were at, because they weren't going to be able to be, watch these games in person uh, to do so at a high level and to do so with a great group of people and to do it for a league that we love and really respect. Uh, it was it was a, uh, a career highlight for me. It was really, really special to be a part of it. Well, and, and, and you should feel that way because it was awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, It, it really was. I mean, um, you know, most guys that are into sports, uh, you know, grew up wanting to be the athletes. I knew I wasn't an athlete, so I focused behind the microphone. And uh, this notwithstanding, I, I thought you guys did a superb job. And, and, and I'm not trying to kiss up to anybody, but you said you've been there for six years. The, the games, whether they were involving North Dakota or not, and I said this to Scott. Sounds like you've been there for. You sounds like you've been there for twenty, thirty years. That you just pulled stuff right off the top, and it was tremendous. I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Oh, I appreciate that, guys. Yeah, no, it, it was it was awesome. And again, we had you know working with guys like Jake Brandt and Dave Starman, and obviously Ben Holden. You know that those guys know the league so well. And you know even guys like Donnie Barnes and Dave Brisson who helped out a little bit um, when we were kind of in a pinch as the as the thing went along, like those guys have such a great knowledge of Omaha and the coaches were so willing to talk about their teams and give us extra insight. And that just, that helps makes, it, it makes the broadcast just that much better. It takes it to another level. So I was really lucky to work with great people that 
that gave us a lot of great insight. And again, it's like I said, it's a league I care a lot about. And so uh, it's a labor of love to get to, to watch these games and study up on these teams and then to get to talk about it. It's really special. Okay, Alex, I'm not going to let him go any farther until I give you a little insight on my co-host. He teaches school in Long on Long Island, and uh, when the well, college actually hit, the city, but yeah, in the city, okay, but but actually, he uh, when COVID hit, he had to work from home, so um, he had to do his classes from home, and that gave him time to watch every hockey game from the NHL pod all the way through all the games that you guys did. And, and right now he's still doing it. So he, he doesn't sleep. He just watches hockey games. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was sad. I wanted, to, I wanted this stuff to go on forever. I wanted three to four games a day. I'm like, bring it on. Let's go. Oh. And Alex, here's something else. He learned an awful lot about North Dakota. He learned about ice fishing. He learned about axe throwing. He learned about all those good things. And, and I told him, I, th- I said, you know, I'm going to try to make the trip up for the uh, – the frozen face off. And I thought maybe Paul should come up and we take him out on Devil's Lake and put no, him in a nice house for a little while and see how no, it goes. No. <laughs> Devil's Lake Tourism. Big, no. big, big fan. Uh, yeah, well, we could do it in July. I'm uh, all for it in July. <laughs> I heard, I, I was watching a game the other night and you go, oh, it's only minus 20. And you sounded so nonchalant about it. And I'm like, no, no, we're not oh, doing no. that. No, no, no. Yeah, that's, thankfully, I think that's behind us. The worst is behind us. It's, <laughs> So Grand Forks, I mean, that area, it's a great place to live. Spring, summer, and fall, it is, is beautiful, beautiful. It's just the long winters get to be uh, get to be a little tough to bear. But no, Devil's Lake, great place. Great place in the summertime. Come, bring the yes, fish Yes, I'm bowl. okay with that. Beautiful. Okay, there in the summer. Oh, well, I have a cooler and I can stick a string in the, in the water. I'm all good with that. There you go. <laughs> Alex, I grew up near Bemidji, so uh, I'm oh, you very, bet, yeah. I'm very familiar with it all. So I've been teasing Paul. I said if he's going to come up in the summer, I'm going to take him on a road trip. We're going to start in Grand Forks and go down uh, U.S. Highway Two to Bemidji State to mm-hmm. UMD. We'll come back down to St. Cloud State and hit Mankato and St. Thomas and University of Minnesota. We'll we'll get them all in. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it, you know it's it's funny how like when you think about it, they're all close together. In, you know, if you look at it from a nationwide perspective, but that road trip really, that probably, that, that'd take you a while if you made the big loop <laughs> from, from Grand Forks up to Yeah, you wouldn't do it uh, in a few minutes. <laughs> sure. wouldn't, wouldn't do it in a day. Yeah. Okay. That's so a, that's a week trip. Uh, so let's jump this, uh, this uh, ship here over to uh, the frozen face off. Um, when the N- NCHC decided that they were going to move it, they, they call it temporarily to Grand Forks. I thought, fantastic idea. Um, the Ralph is uh, ready for it. It can handle it. it it's a great venue. Um, and then when they said they were going to do single elimination, again, from your perspective, what went through your thoughts when you heard uh, the NCHC is coming up here for a postseason tournament and it's going to be single elimination um, from Thursday to Tuesday? I think excitement again. I mean, it's, it's pod 2.0, really. The fact that all these teams are going to be in the same place again. Um, you know, obviously a much shorter time frame, a lot fewer games, but certainly more significance in, in what they're playing for. Half of these teams have a great chance to make the NCAA tournament. The other half do not, and they're going to have to win this frozen face-off if they want to get a crack to continue their seasons. So it's really win or go home. You know, we're going for, for Miami, CC, Denver, and Western Michigan, and potentially Omaha, unless they can kind of pick up some wins here. Like, really, these teams are, are are fighting for their lives this season. And so to have that kind of drama play out, not in a best of three like it normally is, but at the REA in that environment, you know, where 
it's playoff hockey and that's what we love so it's i think excitement really was the first thing that i could think of obviously it, we were ready for something like this and we kind of had been planning on either some kind of best of three quarterfinals that were all going to be in one site there was a there was at one time it was going to be half in grand forks half in omaha best of threes for one week there was so many again so the planning that this that josh <laughs> Fenton and the league had done where they went through every box and said well what about this how about this let's try this format and see what, what do we think about this and so um, when, when it got pared down to what it is now, single a limb, you know, Friday, Saturday, and then the semifinals on Monday and the championship game on Tuesday, it, it's probably the right thing to do on a number of different levels. And it's going to make for an incredibly entertaining weekend. And we are thrilled to be a part of it, to get the broadcast of the quarterfinals before handing things off to CBS on Monday for the semis and the title game. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, typically in the NCHC, we don't have a lot of upsets in that first round. I think it's been no. a shock. More often than not, uh, the last couple of years especially. I know early in the early days, we had an 8-1 upset. We had a couple of, you know, sevens beat twos. It's not been that way for four or five years. So now, you know, who wants to play Western Michigan right now, who's now won five in a row? I would not want to play Denver in the first round like that. And even, again, like we talked about earlier, Dominic Bassey and Ludwig Pearson can steal you a game. And so CC uh, Miami are and they've done easy it. outside there. And they have done it. We saw it a couple of weeks ago over at Amsoil Arena when CC went in and beat Duluth 2-1. Those are the types of things that can happen in a one-off. So it's going to make for, uh, yeah, in a tremendous weekend of hockey where it could get a little bit unpredictable, something we're not used to in the NCHC. And, you know, those teams at the bottom have nothing to lose. Exactly. The teams, at the, the teams at the top don't necessarily have anything to lose either. But uh, I, you can't, uh, you know, St. Cloud could drop, say, from a, 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 a two-seed. To a one seed, if they get, I mean, to a three seed or a four seed, if they get beat in the in the first round. So I mean, it's possible. Any anything's possible this year in terms of seeding. We have no idea. Yeah, nobody has out. any yeah. idea. So yeah, I think I think you're right though. It feels like a free swing, you know, for those those teams that are just coming in with no expectations. You know, no one's going to be picking Miami or CC in that first round, no. whether it's against St. Cloud or Duluth, and obviously Miami against UND, but. What have you got to lose? Go, go, just throw everything. I mean, these are kitchen sink games for those right. teams, and so and that again, when you get that that type of when that's what the stakes are, and this team has nothing to lose, and and these are talented teams that have yeah. a ton of quality guys. Anything can happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, Denver's a six seed. I mean, D Denver Duluth. I mean, you think Duluth really want? Not that I want to pump up Duluth because that's the last yeah, thing ahead. I want Scott ahead, to keep hear. Going. <laughs> um, is, is you know? Oh, gee, we're the three seed. We got to play Denver. The heck is that? I know. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> it's, it's that's a the three six and the four five. Whatever machination we're gonna get, those are gonna be really fun matchups. Whether that again, whether that St. Cloud and Duluth, you know, Omaha and Western Denver. I mean, any any one of those teams can still fit into those. We know Omaha is gonna be the four. The other, the two three and the five six can still flip flop between the two. So. Still a ton to play for over the next couple of days for those teams. And they'll be focused on trying to get the best seed they can. But so wherever they end up, it, it is not going to be easy to get out of the first round of this tournament this year. No. So, Alex, uh, we had Cole Gutman on from uh, Denver uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show. And I asked him about the tournament. He was excited to go to Grand Forks to play in a in a, uh, a conference tournament and a one and done. He, he's excited about that. But he said something to us and it came kind of came to fruition this weekend is he said, you know, the gold pan is our first opportunity to win a trophy. 
And uh, Paul and I both kind of said, whoa, you're first. And, and he said, you know, we know the history of Denver and what they typically do in the playoffs. Uh, and and we, we thought that's pretty cool. But uh, is Denver as scary in your mind as uh, they are normally at tournament time, just being a one and done? Um, are they as scary as they normally would be? I mean, they're normally pretty scary. And I, I feel yeah. like they are again this year. I think, again, even though – like we said a bit ago, I mean, they're under 500. They're, what, three games under 500 still right now? And and they still have a yeah. couple of games left to sort of make up that stagger. And you would look at that and think, ah, oh, yeah, off here for the Pioneers or, you know, what, what's going on with that group. But, you know, they've they've had some big, you know, big, big people to replace. You know, Ian Mitchell on the power play, certainly, and, you know, their captain last year who's now playing for the Blackhawks. And uh, Emilio Pedersen, who left early to go join the Flames organization. And, you know, those were those are big-time guys for them last year. Plus, they had a ton of glue guys who graduated. And, you know, they lose Bobby Brink for nine games to World Juniors. And they've had some guys banged up. And, you know, the, the, even though despite all that, and I think I'm, I'm trying to not make excuses for why they've not had a great season, but they lost a number of games in the pod by one goal. I think they lost their first three <laughs> games all by one goal. And if you flip that around, they're 12-9 and nine instead of 9-12 and 12, if they just had a little better puck luck right at the beginning and in a season like this where you only get 24 games you know losing your first three when you could have won each of those that puts you in a bit of a hole and they've just not been able to crawl their way out of that this season and they have a chance though now again after as you mentioned talking about the gold pan they just got take take took care of business this past weekend against colorado college they got two more games against the tigers coming up this weekend so they could enter the frozen face off on a little bit of a win streak with some confidence and if they do sweep colorado college or at least take one of two they will be the five seed playing an Omaha team that now all of a sudden has lost three in a row and has to be a little bit demoralized after going through this North Dakota team here the last three weeks. I wouldn't certainly put it past Denver to, to go up to the Ralph and beat, beat anybody, whether that's Omaha, and then they'll be matched up likely with North Dakota in the semifinals. Yes, I would say that is a very scary team. Carter Savoy is the best freshman one of the best freshmen, I want to say the best freshman, because again, VD Mitten has been fantastic, and Reese Gaber is pretty good too for North Dakota, but what, the best scoring freshman, at least in terms of goals in the league, and one of the best in the country. Crone is a guy that can win you a game and goal, and you know, from top to bottom, they just have guys who can beat you on any given night. So even if the record doesn't indicate, I think, I mean, David Carl's a good coach. This is a good staff, and they have a lot of pride, and they're not just going to go up to the Ralph to just play a, play a game and head back home and have their season end. They're going to fight tooth and nail to make it as far as they can and give themselves a shot to keep their season alive. All right. So I want to ask some questions now about uh, North Dakota here. Uh, some of them will be obvious. Some of them uh, might be a little bit more thought provoking. Okay, we please. know that we know the top names. We know Shane Pinto and Jordan Calagucci. And I'll ask for a Colin Adams scouting report as an Islander fan yeah. in a minute. <laughs> um but if there's an unsung hero, so to speak, on this roster, uh, the, the guy that, that, that nobody thinks about uh, that's really a key guy on this team, who would it be? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, I think, outs- I mean, if you want to go like sort of at the top of the roster of guys who are like quote unquote unsung, but if, I mean, if you really are paying attention, you, I mean, Matt Kirsten is a guy who's gotten a lot of buzz, I think amongst hockey people, but he's mm-hmm. not really gotten the accolades of, you know, he's, he, he, he was obviously a second team all conference performer last year. He was up for offensive defensive of the year. So he's, he's gotten some buzz in the league as well, 
Right. But just don't ask guy, him to type anything. He's just yeah. <laughs> you're watching. You're watching. You sit. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't make yeah. him. Don't make him log in to a, somebody's yeah. computer. Yeah. But uh, that guy's so skilled. Like he's so good at the back end, and they all are. I think that's the thing. It's easy to just. I think their their decor gets a little bit overlooked because they are all elite. And, and that's Kirstead and that's Jacob Bernard Docker and that's Jake Sanderson and Tyler Clevin and down the line, like they all do. Ethan Frisch even too is another guy who's fantastic. Who's just a sophomore who's undrafted. They are all so good at every part of the game. And when everybody is so good, it's hard for one individual to stand out. And I think you see that now and then Kirstead will make an unbelievable play and your jaw just drops or like Sanderson this past weekend against UNO where he deep Matt Miller. Just out, just out of his skates to free mm-hmm. up space on the power play and score, you know, in the slot. And like you see that from these guys. So it, it seems like every other night they all kind of take their turn. And because it's not one consistent guy, though, that is blowing you away every game. I think sometimes you sort of overlook the fact that they are individually phenomenal. And so that's that's kind of a, again, Kyrus, that's going to be a highly sought after free agent. You know, Bernard Docker and Sanderson are first round draft picks. Clevin's a second rounder. Like these guys are highly talented people. Right. So it's tough to call them unsung. But I just don't know if the decor necessarily gets enough credit because of how legit they are. Um, if you want somebody that is a little more off the radar, I would probably say Jackson Keene, who's been a fourth line guy or a, an extra skater for this team since he joined the program and doesn't score a ton of goals, just has one on the year. But it's just a heart and soul guy that gives everything every night when he's in the lineup. And he's on the penalty kill quite a bit. He's an effort guy, top to bottom. He is a guy that seems to rally this team in the locker room as well. He's not wearing a letter. He's not a captain. But he's one of the leaders on this team, and there's no question about that. And when they need a spark, it's typically him on the ice. And we've seen that a lot this year. Him and Mark Senden kind of carry that banner as being the guys who don't score a ton but do – a number of things that do not do not show up on an, on the score sheet. So they have a lot of guys like that. It's a really well-balanced team with high-end offensive skill, guys that will work hard and just pull the rope, guys that can do things at both ends of the ice, and an incredible goaltending. There just aren't a lot of holes in this squad. And um, I can talk a lot. I'm sorry. I can talk a lot about them. They're just well, it's listen, a, it's I, a really no, good listen, group of guys. Alex, so listen, I, you know, I asked that question because, you know, North Dakota lost a, a bunch of players to the world junior team so that so those kind of guys have to step up there's always a time of the year where they have to step up because the the team loses some of its players for a few weeks yeah the, that's a that was unique this year i mean you guys know better than anybody like world juniors oh, maybe you're missing two games maybe four maybe you're gonna miss you know just the first weekend of the regular season and those are typically you know if teams are smart they try and schedule those as non-conference so it's right. no big deal, right? But this year, with the pod, you know, Sanderson and Clevin, along with you know some other guys around the NCHC, you're gone for seven games, intense conference games. You're just gone, and they're all back to back to back. And and then the, then you miss the, again the first the first weekend of, of the regular season as well. Once the second half begins, and for the guys who had to fill in, guys like Josh Rieger, who's a senior that is a walk on kid, that is another guy that just does so much for this team when he gets his opportunity. Um, that's really had to earn his earn his playing time over the year. And, and you just, he stepped in in the pod and contributed so much when they needed somebody to fill in on the blue line. Even Cooper Moore, who was a true freshman that, you know, is a 19-year-old kid who's playing his first college hockey and is thrown directly into the fire against the likes of Denver and, you know, Duluth and right off the bat, 
Mm-hmm. And he took his lumps a little bit early, but the fact that he got experience there and by the end of the pod looked like a different player. And I think, you know, guys had to step up. And obviously in the pod for North Dakota, they had guys hurt as well. So they they could only field were they they were two under the number. I mean, they, they were significantly short bodies about halfway through the pod and they lost a couple of games. But for them to gut it out and win a couple of games when they were short people and then finish the pot as well as they did and leave Omaha in first place after those 10 games, just a credit to how well this team plays together no matter who's in the lineup. Alex, I think we can keep you for about two hours. But well, no, no, hold on. I need my I, scouting I, report. I need my <laughs> scouting report. No, oh, you can get okay. it in a minute. I just right. want to ask these two, two questions to make sure we get them in. Um, from the North Dakota perspective, I always like to ask, what the vision is of Arizona State hockey from hmm. from Grand Forks? How, how, how does that look? So that's question number one. Then I'll have a follow-up when you're done. Uh, I think the initial answer, I would say, would be great destination to go for a non-conference game in January. That's my first thought. <laughs> I think that's a, the oasis, the, the <laughs> siren that is Tempe in December or January. Everybody would love When the new arena yeah. gets built, oh man, I, everybody would be thrilled about that opportunity. <laughs> You know, I think from I can't speak obviously for the for the team or the coaching staff or for the fan base as a whole, but I mean it's been fun to see. First of all, awesome to see a new college hockey program have success right away like they have. You know, great to see a team from the Pac-12 invest in this sport and to have them hit the ground running has been awesome. And you know, to see the likes of Johnny Walker and you know, I mean, there have been some big name guys that have gone through that program that have had success, and it's. It's tough when you don't really have a home to play in. You're you're kind of finding teams week in, week out. I think just the job that they have done, you know, to be a tournament team so soon, much like Penn State too, to have that kind of success right off the bat, I think there is definitely a sense of respect that, you know, this is a difficult thing just to launch into. And for ASU to do so at a high level is impressive. And I think the prospects of them being a major player, you know, in, in college hockey as a whole moving forward, I think are, are there and it's exciting to have another school out West that has, you know, roots in this game that is going to have a say, you know, in maybe who the national champion is going to be and whether or not ASU was ever a, a league member with North Dakota. I mean, there was a lot of talk maybe of Arizona state being in the pod with the NCHC, which would have been exciting. Um, obviously they ended up doing the big 10 thing instead, which made a lot more sense for them. But I think people were generally excited and I think there's curiosity about what what's going to happen maybe this becomes a ninth or tenth member whatever to the nchc in years to come if that's something they want i think yeah people are generally pleased that there's another college hockey team out west (laughs) and they're excited maybe to visit someday when there's a new arena in a couple years Uh, well i'll tell you this um paul and i have both seen it and, and me being a minnesota native i don't think i have seen the university of minnesota get up to play a hockey team more than arizona state uh, every time they played them, they played at another level. And we had Pat McLeddy on a couple different times and, mm. and also Jess okay. Myers. And, and I said uh, to both of them, I said, have you guys ever seen a Minnesota team want to beat somebody so bad? I mean, uh, Arizona State was depleted when they played them uh, the last couple of times and they took a couple of 10 numbers. 10, 10 both uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and they were really hurt. I mean, the, the numbers uh, just fielding a team were difficult. But mm. I, I just think Minnesota – feel so much animosity for some reason uh towards arizona state like hey we can't let these guys ever come close to us up here uh and i just was curious from the north dakota side because i don't really see that from uh from north dakota 
And and then the final thing from me, and then I'll let Paul get his scouting report from you. But um, <laughs> uh, I wanted to just ask you how how the COVID things are going uh, in Grand Forks and in North Dakota because it's been crazy. I know in New York where Paul's at, it's been crazy in Arizona. But you guys have seemed to navigate it pretty well. So how is it going, and, and where do you expect it to be in a couple of weeks when the teams come up there? Yeah, I mean, there were certainly times, like everybody around the country, where things spiked and it felt, you know, pretty serious. And that was one of the big, not one of the big reasons why North Dakota wasn't picked to host the pod in the first place. But I think COVID numbers in North Dakota had really started to rise as the summer moved on. And I think, um, you know, that there there was some concern, like, what is this going to look like come December? You know, if these numbers keep trending like they are, you know, we've, we've lost, even though North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, like, you know, these are not the most populous states in the world. And I think that helps to slow the spread because it's, it's a lot of small communities and folks that live in rural areas and you're not necessarily interacting with a ton of people on any given day. But um, but once it came, it hit hard. And it, it's been a tough thing for the state to grapple with. And, you know, our governor, Doug Bourbon, Bourbon put in a mandatory mask mandate. Uh, at some point, gosh, I can't even remember now. It all kind of runs together. But um, but they they installed that and instituted it, and it seemed to make a difference. And ironically, South Dakota did not do a mask mandate and saw numbers kind of decline at kind of a similar rate. So it's hard to know what what actually worked or not. But the, the main thing is things have gotten so much better in the last couple of months. And you can see there is almost a sense of relief. And even though like the University of North Dakota is still doing almost all online classes and Lots of people are still working from home. We are we are still at Midco. We come into the office really just to get things ready for games. But for the most part, we're just working in our basement or in our living room. And it's it's weird and it's different, but it's it's one of those things that feels like we're getting past now. And you know, I've been proud of people that they've been been diligent and have done for the most part the right things about being socially distant, wearing masks, not taking unnecessary risks for the sake of their family or people in their lives. And Again, like like everybody else, I'm excited to see people get vac- vaccinated and, and that we can hopefully get through this and get back to, to life as normal for the summertime and hopefully for our next sports season come the fall. Well, I've been in Vegas for uh, about four nights now. Tonight's my fifth night and uh, covering AHL hockey here and, oh, and also the Golden Knights. And uh, Vegas is now starting to finally come back. Um, they, they, there's a lot of people wearing masks. You, you see it all over the place, but they're finally going to allow some fans. I know the Golden Knights are going to get about 2,500 starting uh, tomorrow. So uh, that that's exciting. So I think that's uh, all headed in the right direction. So we're looking forward to it. I hope I get up there to uh, to see the uh, the action uh, live from the Ralph. I haven't been there in a long time, and it would be fun to, to get back. So that's my plan. Paul, go ahead and get your scouting report. I know Alex has got it all lined up for you. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Uh you know, uh, as as an Islander fan, I, I want a, a an, an inside. What 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 am I going to see in the next couple of years out of Colin Adams? Well, I think you're going to see a different player than you would have seen two years ago. You know, Colin was a sixth round pick of the Islanders a few years back and had high end talent. Like you could see his skill, his skating ability, his vision. He's got really good hockey sense in in that in that regard. Like gets teammates into the play, reads the game pretty well. But he was not consistent. And I, he just was not, I don't want to say like, it wasn't a work ethic thing. Like he works, he's a hard worker. But on the ice, it wasn't always, you know, 100 miles an hour for the 45 seconds you were out there when he was a freshman and sophomore. And the numbers bear that out. Like he really wasn't a high point guy. He was a bottom six forward that was in and out of the lineup a little bit. 
And, you know, he would drift in and out of games. And you'd kind of forget he was there sometimes. And that's not like atypical for a freshman or sophomore no. who's trying to figure it out in college hockey, especially in a program like North Dakota with a lot of right. a, a big talent and big personalities. But In years, the team was struggling, too. Exactly. And I think they were looking for somebody to make the leap and, and someone to step up and help with the scoring load. And he just wasn't able to take that on as a sophomore or, or a freshman, for that matter. And then something clicked between his sophomore and junior season. And I think the coaching staff, really sat down with them and they worked through some film and they kind of talked about areas that he needed to improve on if he was going to be able to be a, you know, a top six guy like they expected him to be, like they wanted him to be. And he came in as a junior and, you know, he got paired up with Jordan Kawaguchi and Grant Mismash, a couple other guys who were juniors in that class with him. And they were phenomenal last season. I mean, he was just a revelation last year, a guy that worked hard at both ends of the ice that just made the easy play or made the difficult play look easy. Made so, he was unbelievable at finding guys like Mismas and Kawaguchi or kicking it back to a defenseman. He he doubled his point production from his first two seasons combined last right. year, and he's carried on that this year. I think it's it's been really fun to see. He had a couple of goals uh, against Omaha two weeks ago, and um, he's their third leading scorer right now. You know he's over twenty points again. He's almost at a point per game. Actually, he is exactly at a point per yeah. game. Sorry, because they've only played twenty three, so exactly at a point <laughs> per game right now. You know, he's not a big guy, but he, he really has taken on that North Dakota ethos of, of hard work, both ends of the ice, you know, playing a full 60-minute game. Doesn't say much. He's a quiet kid, but, man, he works hard, and he's fun to watch. He's got a ton of skill. And, you know, obviously, it's going to probably you – know, he'll, he'll finish out this year. I'm sure he'll be, you know, in the minors for a little bit trying to get his, get his opportunity. Right. He's a guy that will certainly be able to, you know, give you a little bit of, uh, of something special that not everybody possesses. That's what this UND staff saw when he was – in the USHL, and they saw that high-end potential. He's flashed that a little bit, you know, in those first two years, and he's flashed it a ton now over these last two years. So if this is what you're going to get, you know, you're going to get a guy that uh, has the ability to contribute as a bottom six forward in the NHL, I believe. Excellent. All right, well done. I'm going to leave you on this one, Alex. Give us a prediction. Are we going to get uh, three, four? How many teams from the NCHC are going to get into the big tournament Ooh. at the end here? That's such a good question. I th obviously three for sure. I mean, North Dakota obviously is a lead pipe lock is a number one seed right now. Um, and there's no way they're going to drop from that line. St. Cloud State and Duluth are both in. Whether they're whether they're twos or threes, then the next two weeks will bear that out. And then after that, I mean, you know, Omaha up until this recent stretch when they've now played North Dakota three games in a row and they've lost all three. You know, they were the number nine team in the country and looked like yeah, this team's going to be a tournament team as long as they you know, maybe take one or two from North Dakota and then have, make a run to the semis in the frozen faceoff. Now, you know, they really need to win now this Friday night against UND or make a deep run and make it to the title game in the frozen faceoff. Because if not, I, you got to think the committee, even though I'm sure they're going to do their due diligence and we'll look at the body of work as a whole, you got to think recency bias is going to play a part in this. And it's going to be really tough to sell a team that potentially could have lost five games in a row as a tournament team. And that's right. that's the mountain that Mike Gavinette is facing right now because he's going to get North Dakota in the Ralph on senior night on Friday. <laughs> Not an easy game to go and win. And then you're going to have to turn around and in all likelihood play Denver. Again, assuming Denver wins one against Colorado College this coming week, that's going to be your 4-5. And that will be a desperate Denver team as well. That is, which It'll be a phenomenal game. Again, those two played. They've played some good games against each other this season, most notably in, in Magnus Arena a couple of weeks ago. When the Piles were up four to two, and Omaha came back in that third <laughs> right. period and beat them five four in overtime. So you've got to think it really might come down to that. So I would lean toward 
Huh, I want to say four because this this is what the NCHC does. It's the best conference in the country. And I we think that they're deserving of four. But this year, if it, if it was ever going to be a year where one team is just going to get left out, it, it might be this season. We want tapes, Alex. We want the committee. We want the <laughs> tapes of that room with the smoke. And we want tapes. And oh, we want to hear all of it. We want to hear all of it. <laughs> Alex, the, yeah. Paul's been promoting that, that uh, he, there's going to be a smoke-filled room where the committee is going to be. And and oh, Jess wow. Myers and I both agreed it should be, on and again, in a fish house on Lake of the Woods. <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. Uh, well, I know we kept you longer than I told you, but uh, we love the conversation. Thanks so much for taking time. It was well worth the wait, as I knew it would be. I will see you, I hopefully, in about two weeks, and uh, maybe we can sit down and grab you. I'm going to be doing four podcasts uh, from the pod or from the pod <laughs> from the frozen face-off. So <laughs> hopefully, I can nab you for another one, and, and we can talk some hockey when I get to Grand Forks. Oh, that would be great. No, we'll be in touch. So thanks so much for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Alex. Thank you very much. All right, folks, that's Alex Heiner from Midco Sports Network uh, joining us tonight on College Hockey Southwest Live. I told everybody we're going to go a little long because we have a lot of hockey to talk about. We're going to take another quick break, and Paul and I will come back to wrap up this episode of College Hockey Southwest Live in about two minutes. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at behindthemask.com. If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Thrilled to have you with us. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv.
any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Live. Scott Strandy joining you, not from Scottsdale tonight, but from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, beautiful Long Island, New York. Uh, Paul, we ran real long, so we got just a few minutes left to, to wrap things up. But as always, I want to start with just getting your uh, your thoughts on our guest, Alex Heiner from Midco Sports Network. Well, first of all, he's a good sport for putting up with my weird questions. <laughs> and my harassment. I just nonstop harassment at him. You know, so... <laughs> Um, but he made okay. interesting point. He made Hold on one minute. Hold on one minute. You notice how many times towards the end of the conversation he uh he mentioned the Ralph? I counted uh, four. I yeah, counted okay. four. Yeah. Well <laughs> Okay, go on. I'll harass you all the time. I you know he is the guest and you know, you treat guests properly, so um we can have I said if I was ever in a face to face conversation and you know, after a while, we can get when there's more time. I can get it. Like I said, it's not the Joe. It was Joe Lewis Arena, but you know, hey, whatever. Um, I'm still, I'm still not going to change my opinion. You, you can beat <laughs> okay, me just along. go tell us what, what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, okay. To, to where he ended off, right? Talking about Omaha having to. Uh, get to a certain point to make sure that they're not excluded from the tournament. You know, if this thing breaks right, it could come down to Omaha or Duluth. Okay. And imagine Army stays on its hot streak. <laughs> and he talked about recency bias. Yes. Yes, he now, did. Can you imagine the uproar? Okay. That there would be maybe a little bit less so with Omaha than Duluth if one of those two teams didn't get in and Army got a second bid from Atlantic Hockey. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, no, yeah, bring it on. Let's go. Uh, yeah. It's Chaos. It's going to be crazy, and it's even going to get crazier if Denver should do the unthinkable, um, or maybe in Denver it's not the unthinkable, uh, if but that they would should make, come through and win make, three games and win that tournament, now that what would, are you going to do? That would make it even more likely that one of those teams could get beat out. Yeah, for a spot. It could. If Denver comes on and 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 because the odds are that that would probably be, and I'm not trying to say that they're automatically going to roll over Colorado College, but let's just play it that way. Okay, that brings them to one game under. All right, now they start to actually get that confidence that it looked like they were going to get at several different points during the season. All right, and let's just say they get to the championship game and lose. 
<laughs> now what do you do? Because <laughs> at that point, maybe they jumped over some. Maybe they jumped over a team. Then they'd be five hundred, I believe. If that's uh... right, maybe they they at that point get you know they're they're past Omaha. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so much fun coming down the stretch. So, okay, let's wrap things up by talking about Arizona State is uh, going to play their final two regular seasons and likely their final two uh, games of the 2020-21 yeah. season yeah. at Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, I have it as March 3rd and 4th. Is that still correct, Paul? I don't know. We can look, but let's worry about that. In you know, well, March third and fourth, my friend, are Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday. So I'm guessing they stayed out uh, in the Midwest. Oh, I'm sure they did. But you know, let's see. the The website says Thursday and Friday. So once again, okay. well, I'm looking at a major publication that has it wrong again. They also have the times wrong. So okay, so um, we do know that Colorado College and Denver are going to play. Thursday night, that is a for sure at Magnus Arena in Denver. And then they will play again on Saturday night at uh, World Arena in uh, the Springs. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun to see how these stack up when it comes right down to it. As Alex mentioned, and, and we both mentioned, I think that uh, the only thing that's set right now is North Dakota is going to take on Miami, Miami in the first yeah. round. Uh, we know that for sure, and we know that Colorado College is locked into seven, so they will play the number two seed, whoever that may be. St. Cloud State holds it right now. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. And then probably the matchup everybody's waiting for is going to be Denver-Omaha if, if those turn out to be the 4-5. So um, that's that's how the NCHC and Arizona State are. Uh, of course, uh, Air Force is going to be playing the first round of the uh, Atlanta hockey tournament, and we all know what Frank Saratori does. So watch out for Air Force. We'll have more for, for you on that on Tuesday. And uh, hopefully we'll have a guest from Denver. I think I'm uh, working on the head coach for Tuesday night to uh, bring us up to speed on the Pioneers. Cool. Okay. You got anything to wrap things up with, or you just want to jump into the read? No, nah, let's just uh, – I'm sure people are tired of listening to us already. So behind the <laughs> well, mask, college – They had Alex for a little while. Well, so that, that, okay. that, that, that was good. But then we started talking. and <laughs> Okay, jump into it. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live on the Ice Time Hockey. SW.com Network has been brought to you by Belfort. Presenting partner of the Sunday Special, visit Belfort.com and explore the 2021 return of the legendary Ford Bronco. Roger Klein's Cancio Tequila. 100% blue agave is used to make our unique tastes. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com to order any of our three award-winning flavors. Behind the mask, ice, in line, in net, up the ice. Whatever your hockey needs are, see our three valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Burrito Express, homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the one near you. By Verizon Wireless, the 5G coverage America's been waiting for. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. It's all about the butt. By the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the Conference of College Hockey Champions. Gold Beers and Cheeseburgers. Sports craft beers made to order burgers. 12 Valley locations, two in California. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey, fabulous Las Vegas atmosphere. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, worldwide. It's where the action is, in the resort or in town. 
College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. Pre-game, post-game, during the game, the place to be to be with ASU fans. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IceTimeHockeySW.com pod, podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at iTunes, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, as always. So many people to thank. Uh, first of all, Caesars Resorts for having us in again. Uh, so much fun to watch uh, AHL hockey and be around the NHL club here in Vegas. Uh, just hockey in general in Vegas is just something special. I don't know if you saw my uh, Twitter feed, but I took a picture of a cup that resembled the Stanley Cup that the 10U team in Vegas won. And uh, it, it kind of was a little um, foreshadowing, maybe, because the Golden Knights were on TV behind it. So it was a little uh, proper placement for that. But uh, thanks to everybody here in Vegas. Thanks to our good friends over at uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Mike and the guys, and uh, and uh, his mom, Samantha, was back and, and took good care of us with some, some great food and barbecue sauce over at she Jesse Ray's. Uh, I think so. Uh, and then, of course, uh, everything in Vegas uh, is, uh, is always uh, first class, and things are coming around here. It's getting back. Fans will be in attendance at games tomorrow. Um, also, big thank you, of course, to Alex uh, Heinert from Midco Sports Network for joining us. Uh, he's just a wealth of knowledge, and he's a great a great guy to have on because he's got so much character and so much fun to listen to. If you haven't heard his broadcast, you need to do that. I look forward to seeing him up in Grand Forks. I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, uh, everything going on at Arizona State, everything going on with Air Force and Denver and Colorado College. That's why we call it the Reaction Show, Paul. We're able to talk about everything that's happened over the past week. It's going to continue, folks, because as we start whittling teams down into that uh, top 16, if you will, for the NCAA tournament, uh, it's going to get a lot of fun over the next couple of weeks. So continue to tune in to ITHSW Podcast. Do it all in one word if you want to find us anywhere that you get your podcast. Paul and I will be back Tuesday night. Join, join me tomorrow night for Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and Stephen Marsh and myself for Club Hockey Southwest Weekly on Wednesday night. Um, that's it for now. So, uh, Paul, stay dry, stay warm, and uh, I'll uh, talk to everybody tomorrow night from Scottsdale, Arizona. Have a good night. Have a good night, everybody.